Hey, welcome to the photographer. Oh, hey. <laughs> What's the podcast uh, called? Oh, man. Hey, wow. Under under 10 episodes, I'm allowed to, to make okay. mistakes. Um, Go ahead. Welcome to the Photography Brothers. It's hosted by your two favorite photographers on the tubes. I am Michael Costa. I'm a lifestyle photographer uh, here in the greater Toronto area, along with the other host of this show. It is Jared. Yes, Jared Poirier, the uh, founder of Galaxy. I'm a photographer and a videographer, and I like cameras in my hand. Yes. And uh, and this this is uh, this is <laughs> this is a podcast uh, all about photography, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in to our latest episode here. Uh, I don't think that this episode is going to be a disappointment. There are some episodes that I'll be honest, <laughs> are, uh, when we're a little bit under prepped. Um, but this episode here, this is a, a well-researched uh, episode, a historical. Uh, in many senses of the word, uh, episode mm -hmm. of the Photography mm -hmm. Brothers. And uh, I've got a great topic here, um, probably groundbreaking in terms of uh, photography podcasts. I don't think that uh, anyone's quite examined a topic exactly mm. like this before, not in the way mm -hmm. that we're going to do it at least. And uh, Michael has uh, some some photography news to bring you all, so excited to uh get into that at least i hope he does yeah man no i'm good okay nice <laughs> michael <laughs> michael you know what you know what to expect from michael folks he's um he's on the ones and twos and the news that i like that that right. might be my mixtape name the ones the twos and the news the ones, the twos, That's and not the bad. news. Hey, man, your first mixtape dropping. We can promote it on the podcast. Cross promotion. Hey, that'll be the next sponsor. Go for it. All right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like this guy's getting impatient. He wants to talk about history. <laughs> that was, I have was to, not me in high school. <laughs> I have to use Sorry. my degree, Michael. You're right. You're right. I have to You're use right. my degree. Okay, so. Yes. Uh, yes, today, folks, uh, we're going to take you back to a simpler time, a time, uh, a time in photography before Instagram, before the coronavirus, uh, the 1900s, when things were simpler, you didn't have so much to worry about other than, I guess, like, uh, World War II and, uh, and like the Nazi regime, uh, and mm -hmm. trying to dominate the world and also the rise of the Soviet Union. But other than that, things were a lot simpler, especially in the world of photography. So, uh, yeah, let's let's just uh, all hop back in the patented Photo Bros uh, time device. And uh, I'll transport you guys back to the early 1900s. And we're going to talk about one of the greatest photographers uh, that has ever lived. I've been researching her for the last week now, and I can honestly say that. Like, uh, I, I say the word inspiring quite a bit sometimes. I like to be, I'm a person who likes to be inspired, uh, and I like to find things to inspire me. And, uh, and this is definitely one of them. This is a, a truly inspirational story here. Uh, we're going to talk about indestructible Maggie, Margaret Burke White. 
who was a photographer and photojournalist. Um, Michael, have you ever heard of Indestructible Maggie before? Uh, a little bit. Um, it was nice to read through the article. In, in college, we, we learned about a few historical uh, personalities, and so she was one that we kind of glazed over, but um, it, uh, it was familiar to me for sure. But to read through it was really nice because it, it, I kind of got that deep dive. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this, man. She was a really interesting person. Yeah, and what, uh, yeah. what class were you studying her? Oh, man. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. It was history. Uh, we talked about like Vivian Meyer and, and some other uh, oh, historical wow. uh, pieces there. Uh, I did fall asleep for a lot of those classes. <laughs> but uh, well, whatever, the name rings a bell. Hopefully you can stay awake for this episode. Um, I got coffee. I'm good. <laughs> He's got coffee. And I think I've picked out uh, the most interesting parts here. And it is going to be mm-hmm. a fascinating and, as I said, inspiring story. So you ready to dive in? I'm ready. So, yeah, today we're talking about Indestructible Maggie. Why do they call her Indestructible? Uh, She is known as the woman who is torpedoed in the Mediterranean, strafed by the Luftwaffe, uh, stranded on an Arctic island, bombarded in Moscow, and pulled out of the Chesapeake when her copter crashed. Um, So, yes, very indestructible indeed. Uh, And just to sum up right here a little bit of uh, her credentials, just we'll go into a little bit more detail, but just to give you guys a a quick overview, some of the awesome things that she did. Um, She started out as like an industrial photographer in Cleveland, and she moved on to uh, be a war journalist and a war photographer. She has written a whole bunch of books. Uh, She was uh, one of the only foreign photographers allowed into Moscow. Uh, She was at the front lines of World War II. Uh, She shot the first ever cover of uh, Life magazine. So just just Mm -hmm. insane, insane amount of firsts. Like as I was reading this, those, you know, those people on YouTube that go in there like first, first, you know, um, she was she was that she was that for for a lot of things, so uh, a lot of firsts and probably more important than uh, putting them up in the YouTube comments. She was like first first in the history books for uh, for a lot of things, and we're gonna see why we're gonna see uh, the type of person that she was, um, why she was able to achieve all of the things that she accomplished. And um, yeah, I think that that's going to be something that all of us can apply as photographers. I mean, I don't know about you, Michael. I'm not doing a lot of uh, war photography myself, um, but just in my uh, my day to day life of photography, I think that there's uh, a lot to take out of her story here. So yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to get into it. Um, so um, indestructible Maggie. She was uh, born in the Bronx in New York City. Her father was a non-practicing Jew, and uh, and her mother was Irish. And just a couple of things that really uh, stood out to me: her father was like an inventor and an engineer, uh, a big tinker. And um, her mother was really into uh, like self-improvement and stuff like that, right? Like something that uh, that we like to talk about a lot here on Photography Brothers. You know, always uh, mm-hmm. always learning, always pushing yourself uh, in your artistic field and beyond. Her dad was actually the first person to uh, get her interested in photography. 
Um, and then when she went off to study in school, uh, so let's let's see. So she is uh, her father's an engineer, teaching her about photography. She's getting into it. Uh, she's going off to school. What do you think that she's going to study here? Any guesses? No, me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh. well, I mean, it's uh, no one else can really answer, Michael. There was no prompt. I mean, there was a guess there was a prompt, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Uh, she studied um, business development. Frogs. Frogs. Wait. Frogs. Yeah, really? Yeah. Frogs? Herp herpetology. Yeah. Herpetology, uh, which is uh, the study of amphibians. Um, and so... I mean, we could have lost uh, a truly great photographer, I think, if she would have stuck with frogs. So that's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty unfortunate. And for all of you out there who have dreams of becoming a world famous and uh, historically acknowledged photographer, and right now you're just studying frogs, like don't let that, <laughs> don't let that stop you. Like, um, you know, the world probably lost some pretty good pictures of frogs, um, yeah. but we did get uh, other other things uh, in in exchange, as we'll see. Um, going into it, she yeah she studies frogs for a bit, but she ends up um, going to a very famous uh, university called Cornell University, uh, which is in mm. New York State, uh, but it's out in the woods and uh, not in New York City. And she produced uh, one of her first formal works of photography, which was a study of her campus. So very interesting, uh, something that you guys can look up. Uh, some of Maggie's uh, early photography here. And definitely right away, you start seeing the difference between um, people like her and people like us. I went to university and got a bachelor's degree. I was not doing a study of my campus, bro. I was doing a study of beer. <laughs> I was doing a study of being stressed and drinking beer. Yeah, man. That, so anyways, right. <laughs> interesting, uh, you know, kind of going to that point of what I want to keep going back to here, really, I think kind of the general theme and what uh, what the audience can really get out of this, among many other things, is just learning like the type of person that she was and the type of person that I think you need to be to, uh, to really succeed as a photographer. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, her parents being um, very, uh, very spirited people, um, very like self-determined her mother like going back to her mother always wanting to push her to achieve more and uh, mm -hmm. yeah and her father being like a non-practicing Jew in New York in like the 1920s or whatever like basically that's social suicide as far as I can understand so definitely uh, free-spirited people charting their own path and, uh, and we're gonna see how that suits her later um, so her first big job, uh, she gets out of school in New York. So as a um, Cornell-educated uh, photographer going into industrial photography, where do you think she goes next? She studies crocodiles. <laughs> 
Yeah, she goes to uh, Australia to study crocodiles. No, uh, I, <sighs> uh, what what you think she would do is move to New York City. That's what I would do in that situation. You know, you're right. born born in the Bronx, uh, educated in New York. You would head back to New York City. Not sure why she decides to go to Cleveland, uh, where she gets a job uh, in industrial photography, and she's one of the uh, first people to ever be allowed inside of the steel factories to uh, take photos, which is really interesting. And uh, there's just like a note here that basically two things that uh, two kind of barriers to her getting in there. Number one, uh, the people who ran the steel factory, they didn't want photographers documenting the process as a matter of national security. So this is right after World War One. And uh, obviously, industry being a big part of uh, total war, when like nations are using every single resource, they had just finished fighting a huge industrial war, and they didn't want to be leaking out any secrets. Uh, not really how sure how she was able to get past this. Seems like she was just charismatic, yeah. and she walked in. Um, and we'll see this over and over again in her life. Like she just has a magical horseshoe and uh, is just getting past these barriers over and over again. Maybe we can chalk it up to fate. Maybe we can chalk it up to her charisma and her drive, uh, but we'll see mm -hmm. that uh, throughout the, the story here. So another barrier to her getting in was just the perception of women. And a lot of these, it's kind of funny to think, like when you think about what happens later on in her life, getting bombed by the Nazis and like taking photos and laughing it off, right? Um, but these men at the steel mill saying like, oh, there's no way that uh, a woman is gonna be able to come in here with her dainty hands and her dainty camera and, uh, and take pictures of this steel mill. And at first, you know what, unfortunately they were right. And this is uh, a theme that we talk about a lot on the Photography Brothers, uh, which is failure. We talk about this a lot. Uh, she failed. Her first photos at the steel mill were crap. They were totally black. Uh, and this is something that's very interesting. The black and white film at the time only reacted to like the bluer tints of light. Hmm. And the actual melted steel was orange. So it wasn't showing up. So what she did was she brought in um, she brought in some special type of lighting and uh, some assistance. Uh, actually, magnesium flares is what they used. Uh, so her mm. assistance was hold up the flares, and then she would take the photo, and that actually provided uh, the blue light where she was able to capture those photos. So I, I think I got uh, some magnesium flares back here in the equipment pile yeah. yeah i'm always i'm always out here with my magnesium flares everybody knows that it's one of my big hashtags on instagram magnesium, uh, flares. magnesium flares and there's been there's been lots of times i'm sure in uh in michael costa and uh in my career where we have uh pioneered techniques in photography and changed uh changed the oh, game forever 100 percent right? Yeah, with pool pool noodles, with with everything, with yeah. pool noodles and uh, and gimbals, and mm -hmm. pool pool noodles uh, yep. on gimbals that you can when you move the little mouse back and forth. If you set it to high sensitive sensitivity, you can like hit your friends with a pool noodle provided that oh, you right. it properly. Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah, oh yeah. One of the big things that you can do. Um, yeah, not to, <laughs> not to derail the podcast at all. But <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, things things I've pioneered, like, you know, um, grabbing a drill and putting my GoPro on my skateboard and, and all sorts of things. But these daily things that uh, photographers uh, are, are problem solvers, right? It's all about getting that image. Yeah. I think that, like, in all seriousness, I think that's something that we can all relate to as photographers as, like, getting mm -hmm. the idea in your head, right? And then becoming obsessed with, like, oh, shit, like, how do, how do I actually make this happen, right? I'm sure that yeah. uh, you felt that before. Nice, oh, yeah. nice. Uh, going right along, um, a few other things that uh, we mentioned, her being allowed to go into the Soviet Union. Uh, again, major barriers. I mean, she is uh, a Westerner uh, coming into the Soviet Union. And she, for some reason, was allowed to just take portraits of Stalin and his mom. <laughs> which I thought was so strange. Like, if I just showed up in Moscow today and I was like, hey, I'm a famous photographer, Jared Poirier, uh, and I would, uh, you know, really like to take some photos, and then they'd say, oh, yeah, Putin and his mom are over here. Come on through, Jared. So I just thought that was uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty hilarious, uh, kind yep. of fitting in with the general theme of her being in the, the right place at the right time. Um, there is a period of time where she was hired by Life Magazine, uh, which you've probably heard of as Time Magazine. Uh, if you guys don't know um, uh, what magazines are, they were kind of like the internet, but like in a book back in the day. Kind of a book thing. Huh. Yeah, and a so book can, is... Can I yeah. like copy and then paste in a text message or can I... No, no, you actually can't, unfortunately, yeah pretty weird idea and uh and that's why huh. those are extinct now and there's no such thing as ah. magazines anymore uh but she shot the first cover she again with another big first the first cover of life that's magazine. unreal wild right not the first one by a woman just the first one in general so yeah pretty wild pretty wild well that like you just made a really good point there like it's it's not a, just another thing where it's like oh she broke the a female barrier it was it's like something where no like i it doesn't need to be addressed that i'm a female yeah. and i accomplished something and yeah. because i'm yeah. a female it's a big thing no it's like i i was the first person to do this thing like mm -hmm. And it was just pure determination. And sorry, go ahead. But but that, yeah. I, that I just I thought that was a really good point. Oh, great point, man. Feel free to uh, feel free to jump in. You are the co-host of the podcast, <laughs> after all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just to uh, to get through the story here and really get to the all of these points. I'm just excited. I'm just uh, I'm just I'm really been been researching here and just just uh, fall, falling in love with the story here. So oh, yeah. just lots yeah. of uh, interesting stuff. So speaking, and we'll talk about her husband. She got married a couple times. It really is um, someone who's this uh, driven. I don't think that like that domestic life was ever going to work out for her. Um, just so you guys know, she married a couple dudes. Uh, one of them was named er er Eskrin and uh, some other homie. It's not really that important. <laughs> <laughs> some other homie. She married a couple of guys um, and, and uh, you know, they, they couldn't hold her back. Um, but speaking of being in the right place at the right time, she happened to be in Moscow uh, when Germany, when Nazi Germany violated the non-aggression pact, uh, something that we all slept through, I'm sure, in history class. And uh, she was there to cap capture it. And she was the uh, only foreign journalist who was there at the time. And she went on to basically fight uh, on the front lines of World War II. Not that she was killing anybody. Uh, she was taking different types of shots, right? Um, but uh, all types of uh, photography on the ground and in the air. Uh, she was actually 
grouped up uh, with some air regiments and flew some missions, taking some photos there. So very uh, interesting. Again, another first, uh, first female photographer to fly a combat mission. And here's a part where uh, where I think Michael is really going to get intrigued. And this is the really interesting thing that I was teasing uh, for you earlier, where in my research, I came across something that um, kind of scared me. Uh, okay. So really interesting. I got, I got I got deep in the research, as I said. <laughs> I got a little obsessed, I must say. And I found out uh, which types of cameras she was using. I just thought that would be really interesting. And I was learning a little bit about the cameras that people were using to document World War II. Uh, so two of the big ones, the Kodak Metalist, um, 100 millimeter 6x9 f3.5. So very interesting camera here. Uh, you could actually still buy one today for like 500 bucks and you would still be able to shoot photos with this exact same camera that people were using in like the 1940s. I just thought that was, uh, or even 1930s, 1940s. Yeah, thought that was very cool. interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, as well as, so we have the uh, Kodak Medalist was one of her cameras and the uh, Keystone Fairchild uh, F8 to uh, 240 millimeter, which shot in five by seven. Um, that is the really big camera that we'll see her using when she's doing uh, like aerial photography or she's on like a battleship and she's holding some like, it basically just looks like a big like pail. <laughs> she's taking photos on it. Um, that is in fact, and I was able to uh, confirm this with my research, that is the Keystone Fairchild F8. Uh, really great name because it uh, has an aperture of f8 uh you ever shoot on uh fairchild michael uh not not uh ever <laughs> have no. you ever shot on a keystone camera uh i think i think like my oil is from in my car is from <laughs> keystone <laughs> what about a co okay let's try let's try again what about a kodak camera Oh, I've definitely shot Kodak, you know, when okay. you're uh, in grade three and you're going yeah. on field trips and your parents don't trust you with a good camera. So they yeah. give you this so disposable you, one. They give yeah. you Kodak. So the, uh, yeah. the interesting thing here, and this is where we get into the disturbing realization, why were they shooting on a Kodak camera? Why not use the very popular and very well-made uh, Japanese and German cameras at the time? Because you were at war with them yeah exactly yeah though yeah. that's what i was just thinking yeah that wow what that is so interesting and how this is that why actually we, yeah. affected yeah this is why we can never go to war with japan man no we can't man Canon, sony. sony nikon all of them all of them brother Whoa. all of them the, the other the others don't matter but sony <laughs> but Sony. <laughs> come on man we gotta we got we got all these new cameras coming now we need we need yeah. access man yeah we need access, we need access. so Guys, please, like, I know all the politicians, Bernie Sanders, everybody, Joe Biden, everyone who's listening, please, please don't go to war with Japan right now because they have the good cameras. We don't want to go back to using Kodaks. But uh, but anyway, yeah. and people people still, um, they still love the, uh, the Kodak Metalist. A lot of people still swear by it. It's really easy to use and really easy to fix, uh, really easy to repair, so... Some interesting stuff there. So yeah, she's going around with the Kodak Metalist, which is a badass camera, taking great photos. And then you got those German fools out there. You know, they're running around with uh, Voltlander Bessa 1, 
They've got Volk their Lander. They've got their Volklander Besses. They've got their Rolleiflex Automats. You know, you know, Michael. <laughs> you know when you're out there with your Rolleiflex Automat, the photos yeah. that you take on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and you're you're just begging. You're like, someone please give me a Kodak medalist out here. So. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she had great support uh, from the boys back at home making the uh, Kodak cameras. Um, just some interesting uh, stuff there. Um, <clears throat> something else that I was uh, finding very interesting as we were still on the topic of the war, um, and this is something that really hit home for me. She talked. She uh, actually releases a book after the war documenting her experience uh, called Dear Fatherland, Rest Quietly, and she talks about some of her experiences in the war and how it actually helped her a lot <clears throat> to be documenting the war. The fact that she was feeling that um, the camera was kind of like a barrier between her and the atrocities of what was going on. Uh, not that I document a lot of atrocities, um, but I've definitely felt this before. Uh, like the, the camera is kind of empowering you and um, taking you out of like the, the mere situation of being a, an observer uh, to being someone who's like documenting and, uh, and playing an actual role, right? So I just thought mm-hmm. that was fr- interesting from, uh, from an artist's perspective. If any of this is thought-provoking, Michael, feel free to uh, jump in here. It's going to be an extra long episode of the Photography Brothers today, guys. But we have a lo- we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk. About. Well, I think it's great, man. Like it's uh, we need to dive. We need. I think as photographers, we do need to reflect on like the people who kind of paved the way mm-hmm. um, and and generated inspiring art that that inspired a generation which inspired another and another and and then eventually we're here where we are and we have our idols and uh i think it's important to reflect and as much as as much as many z's as i caught in 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 my in my history class in college um around around the stuff like it's it, it 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 actually is extremely interesting um i think there's something to be said about taking the time yourself to just go and research something versus mm-hmm. having uh someone kind of uh for- force it down the 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 throat but it's um it's int- like i have some thoughts i want you to continue because um i have some thoughts that maybe make more sense to touch on after afterwards so go ahead and, and, yeah, and wrap well, up yeah and, for sure we've got a little bit of her life left to uh cover and then we'll we'll dive into some uh some pontificating here some final some final thoughts on uh on the life of indestructible maggie and uh and the implications for us today as photographers just uh so much to think about um so after world war ii uh she goes to india and documents the partition of india into india and pakistan uh Mm. i'm not going to get into it a lot here um actually before that she uh (laughs) shouldn't really treat this as a side note (laughs) in uh in world war ii she was there for the liberation of death camps and she documented that as well so we do have to mention that i don't want to bum everybody out here on photography brothers i guess it doesn't bum people out because they were getting let out of the death camps so she was there when they let them out of the death camps and uh and everybody had a party and she took some photos of that 
uh, yeah, and then she went to India to document that. Um, that is, uh, India used to be a British colony, and then one day they just decided that they'd make it two countries, and, uh, and those guys got in a bunch of wars about it, uh, and it all involved this guy named Gandhi, who you may have heard of, and in, uh, in her quest to document historical things, and again, tying in with her seeming to honestly man i don't know how to describe it other than like sometimes it's her charisma but sometimes it's just fate like she took photos of gandhi hours before he was assassinated that's unreal right like there's some things where you're like okay maybe she like with taking the photos of stalin and being there in moscow and all of these things maybe some of them like she just sweet talked her way into being there but there's some times where i'm just like wow like you put yourself on a certain path and things line up right so so she took either the last or one of the last photos of yeah. gandhi yeah wow very true yeah. very true crazy eh? yeah yeah and then um you know we're going to talk about something a little bit sad here uh but there will be a happy happy ending to the podcast so uh she eventually got parkinson's uh disease in her 60s and uh if you guys don't know much about parkinson's it's basically the worst thing for a photographer to get uh yeah. screws up your motor skills uh so it would make her basically impossible for her to uh operate a camera and do what she loves um she was still like writing and things like that she actually uh put out her autobiography uh at the end of her life um it's called like self-portrait or something like that um portrait of myself portrait of myself you guys can pick that one up and read it if you want i actually might do that uh since i am mm -hmm. really like i said uh really in love with this story and uh and really in love with this person indestructible maggie and i think i'll pick up uh her book and read it but just such a fascinating life um, just pushing down so many boundaries, like you said, not just as a woman, but just as yep. as an artist, as a photographer, um, and as a human being, right? Like there's all of these barriers that were put up, like the West versus the East, or women versus men, or uh, you know Pakistan versus India, and then you just yeah. have all of a sudden this person who's just acknowledged as being like pure, like se seemingly just a pure-hearted badass. And everybody just says like, oh, well, like let's every other stupid thing that we're fighting about, let's put that aside because Maggie's here and she's got to take some freaking photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think, man? What does this um, get you thinking about? You know, I think the the really interesting thing, and you touched on this um, in, in a few different ways, but like, she, although she broke through gender barriers she was mainly just concerned with like expressing what she felt was the true meaning of photography and, and as i read through uh, uh, a couple articles uh there was like that was a very prominent statement that she would make it was just this is what she felt what photography should be ca capturing documenting and, and as you like very well highlighted like there there was a lot she was passionate about and, and a lot that she felt like she needed to capture. And whether that's determination or luck or, or whatever it is, I think one feeds the other. I think just luck, luck, whatever you determine luck is. Um, I What I typically find is that luck follows hard work, right? You have a goaltender who's playing really well. Sometimes it's going to hit the post a few times that night because he's, 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 he's in the zone. He's covering his spot. Um, it's it just you, you just got to put that foot forward and she leads by example there and 
Um, I think she wasn't, she probably wasn't even thinking about the fact that she was breaking uh, barriers, or at least it wasn't at the forefront of it. And, and, and that's, that's what was really, really ref, uh, interesting uh, when I was reading through and, and even just listening through uh, what some of the history that you, you kind of just described. Yeah, I, um, I don't think she was doing yeah. it to, to break barriers. I don't think she was doing no. it for, for a political reason. I honestly, I relate to it so much. She just got obsessed. And she was like, I want to get this photo. Like, if you look at uh, some examples, like, not just um, documenting history, but these are, like, stunning, beautiful photos. Like, yeah, from, from an artistic perspective, when it comes to, uh, you know, like, the, the principles of art and lighting and, uh, and perspective and uh, contrast and all of that, um, you know, she, these, are, these are groundbreaking. And then pour on top of that, the historical importance of uh, of some of these photos so i think you know looking through um some of the pieces of collateral i was looking through i think what really caught my eye and i think is really going to catch um the attention of of the viewers of this podcast is really going to be kind of what you're you're leading towards is that is her photo her photography um you know i think for me what really drew me in was her perspective um you know she had a, a way of capturing it um, but in different scenarios as well, like, you know, if, if it's, you know, uh, a camp, it's, it's, it's just, you know, a cluster of people really highlighting, um, almost like this suffocating environment. It's, it's packed. You have the, the facial expressions of the people there. It's, it's sad. It's depressing. That's the point. Um, you know, the, the photo, um, obviously the iconic photo of the Chrysler building and, um, the perspective there, um, you know, there's a, a, a images. There's some amazing images of, of, of plane, of, uh, plane over the city, and, and again, the Chrysler Building, and some of those photos where it's just like that's just perspective of scale. Um, she was very smart. A lot of these mm-hmm. principles, principles that we learn in, in schools and stuff like that today, was it seems like. I mean, she went to school to study frogs. This is like, <laughs> this is just like she just understood it. She just knew it. You know, um, it's a natural talent that she had. And any time that, uh, like, you know, if any uh, world leader had a question about frogs, she was always there with the answers as well. <laughs> I hope she at least took one photo of a frog. <laughs> you I know what? So. <laughs> that uh, I have to, I have to come clean here and say, you know, I did pretty the uh, pretty thoroughly research today's podcast, and I don't know uh, if she did take a picture <sighs> of a frog. I guess that's just, that's just my that's just my failing as uh, as a podcaster as a human being and uh, and we will keep you guys up to date um, with any other f- frog uh, news on, and and uh, you know you know you can trust your your brothers here so yeah so uh, just just an inspiring story like I said just uh, incredibly thought provoking um, definitely touched my heart uh, definitely spoke to me as uh, as an artist and as a creative. And, uh, and I think it's going to speak to, uh, it sounds like it spoke to you as well, Michael. And I think oh, it's yeah, going man. to, uh, yeah. to speak to the, to, uh, our listeners and, uh, and our viewers on YouTube as well. So, yeah. And, and you know, I, I know earlier I touched on the fact that like a generation inspires the next, but it's mm-hmm. really cool to see, you know, how you got super passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just one generation inspiring the next is one generation inspiring one, like 80 years later. It's, yeah, um, for sure. it's, it's timeless that way. 
and, and so yeah uh, yeah i encourage that everyone to to kind of follow through and 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 kind of do activities like that you know her vivian meyer like there there are some really interesting stories mm-hmm. and then images to back that up well maybe we'll cover uh vivian on a on a future episode of photo bros here so i'd love that yeah we're making it every week. We need topics. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Uh, are you ready to go into the news, boss? I'm ready. Welcome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome one and welcome. all. Welcome one and all out there in the <sighs> podcast universe. In the podcast universe, I'm going to say. Thank you for tuning in again to the Photography Brothers. Thank you for sticking with us through the historical perspectives all the way back to the present day. Because that's where the Photography Brothers live, after all. In the present, we're here. A lot of other podcasts, you know, they, came, they claim to be, uh, to be with the times. But here on Photography Brothers... We're here every week, folks, and we are staying, as I've told you before, on every single edge. And you know, mm-hmm. we're 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 not just a couple of uh, a couple of photographers, after all. We're a couple of smart guys, and we know about uh, other things as well, like current events, pool noodles. current events, and pool noodles, frogs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and these are the types of things that people have come to the Photographer Brothers news segment for. So, That's Michael, right. I understand you've got a hell of a news story for us today. There is no way I can follow up <laughs> what you just said, but I, 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 it is something that I'm excited <laughs> to talk about. Um, we got some news in Sony land. Okay. Uh, I know, uh, you know, uh, Jared is a big Sony fan. Um, you know, he's going to be switching over real soon. Um, so they've been begging, man. They've been sliding into the DMS and they just keep yeah, asking every, every way possible DM, Facebook, private message, carrier pigeon, direct mail, email, uh, they were doing I walked out on my balcony this morning for my coffee and they were yeah. doing smoke signals down there. Mm, didn't you have like a, there was like a Japanese guy came to your door yesterday. <laughs> yeah and he brought me noodles yeah. and then he said and i thought that was <laughs> and then he told me all about how sony has the best 4k technology and in-body stabilization mm. and then he left i thought that was weird and the noodles were pretty good though well uh sony might be leading the way in 8k we'll see oh um oh. so so uh, yeah see my transitions i'm working oh. on them That's so good. sony wow. Thank you. Sony, um, we know that they are going to be having a conference uh, in a couple days here. Um, or actually, now, once this goes up, uh, we will be uh, either correct about uh, our predictions or oh, completely wow. off the ball. Mm. But uh, they are going to be announcing a new camera. Mm. Um, and and with that being said, uh, there was an announcement, uh, uh, sorry, a statement that they made uh a little while back saying that in Q1 they were going to be releasing a high end that was their their words camera in Q1 2021. Uh so with that being said we kind of 
know what we might be looking at. Um, the rumors are pointing towards the new A9. Uh, it's been a few years. Um, 2017 was the last time uh, we saw that uh, that camera brought to light. So we're um, due. We we're are due. due. Um, you know, I, I think some people are asking about the A7 III. It's more than a capable enough camera already. I think it, it can live on for a while. Yeah. You know, good. yeah, we're, we're good. I mean, the A7C is kind of just like a, a smaller yeah. version yeah. of that. That was released not too long ago. Just make, uh, some it, fan just make it cheaper. Just make it a bit cheaper. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, man. And, and, you know, we have some fan theories talking about the A7 uh, a6700 I don't think that lines up with the statement that they made and and um, you know I also don't think it's it's needed it's it wasn't too long ago it's still more than capable I think they've already done a lot in the last couple of years of backfilling their the crop sensor uh, lineup mm -hmm. um, so I think we're gonna see something in in, in, in the a9 uh, section there so one thing I found interesting is i wanted to look at what were some of the rumored specs and it's going to be interesting to see you know what this actually looks like um in a couple of days when when it gets announced if it is yeah. the a9 you know um we're looking at potentially a five thousand dollar camera Holy uh, moly. we're looking at 8k 30 frames yeah and uh 50 frames roughly mega uh, sorry 50 megapixels roughly yeah, yeah. um so that is cool. That's crazy. I'm man. not. That's a lot of pixels. That's a lot of pixels, boss. It's a lot of pixels, uh, young blood. And uh, <laughs> you know we, we <laughs> I you know I you know I'm not the biggest fan of uh, people pointing to megapixels to lead uh, to lead the conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, you know it's it's good. And obviously, as you you increase price point you increase the uh the terminology and brand it as a as a high-end camera you, you gotta you gotta up you gotta up things and, and kind of make that distinction but yeah. um that's kind of all we got so far i mean ho i'm hoping like i think what i want to talk to really today is like what do we what do we think that that needs to be like what oh, do we yeah. think that an a9 needs to be and i think for me i just think like give us some awesome 4k yeah. options you know? some, some great 4k options uh in some of those higher frame rates yeah. um me personally right now like i don't really care that much about 8k i, <laughs> I don't really yeah. care that much even about 6k uh yeah. 4k 4k 120 is nice and uh yeah. they gotta watch out for the overheating stuff man the yeah, man. the canon r5 and r6 have performed well but like those rumors about overheating i think uh cost them a lot man like there were definitely some people who were guaranteed going to be getting into the new like full frame uh mirrorless cannons and uh definitely some people who got out because they were like no you know what the, screw that like these rumors about overheating and stuff i don't want to be embarrassed out of shoot you know so those for me that's the biggest thing you're you're going to be pushing um pushing 4k getting into some of those uh crazy frame rates and uh no no overheating problems and uh and keep keep the grips big keep your get yes those, oh get my those grips, god get those grips bigger please man that a60 a6000 that i had yeah. for for a few years there was no grip yeah baby there, there couldn't was... even baby couldn't even hold that camera yeah baby wants more you know but you know, um and, and you're out there you're trying to shoot frogs 
Yeah. Like, you know, you can't. And then you're dropping your camera in the swamp. Like, what, what do you, what you do you do? You can't do that. And then the frog picks it up and it's the perfect size for him. And he's shooting pictures. And then frogs are now taking photos <laughs> and it's them and you've the got, monkeys. You've oh got monkeys God. taking photos of frogs. You've got frogs taking photos of monkeys, <laughs> taking photos of robots. You're Man. Like, God. What and they I... have AI software <laughs> editing everything for them. And it's all edited in AI. It's wild. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see um you know what they do and then you know i think one of everyone's favorite elements to to new announcements is what everyone else's reaction is uh, in regards to to the competition yeah um but uh you know we talked a little bit in the last episode about where we think nikon's probably going um Mm -hmm. you know really doubling down on on the mirrorless game Mm -hmm. and um I think Sony has to be very calculated mm-hmm. right now because Canon is sneaking up. We talked about the the sales from their mirrorless lineup. We we know Nikon's fully uh, diving in here. So Sony Sony isn't as um, I don't they're they're still leading the pack. I think, but I don't know in the mirrorless side. Sorry, mm-hmm. but certainly yeah, they have to be they have to be very calculated right now, and, and it's gonna be interesting to see what they put out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I talked a little bit before as well. I don't think uh, that going in the 8K direction is necessarily great uh, to no. to provide a uh, historical analogy since we were talking about a bit of history today. Uh, you could consider Canon's move uh, pushing out uh, 8K cameras as kind of like uh, what Reagan was doing with the Star Wars program, right? Pushing the yeah. USSR. Uh, it's it's very much the same, Michael. It's very much the same situation. It's the same. Don't look, at, don't look emulate like that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know how I'm looking at you. But it was filled with doubt and disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, I think that um, to explain that analogy, I think that uh, that might be a move by Canon to kind of push Sony into uh, into making a mistake here. So yeah, push, pushing them to uh, try to p- compete with 8K technology. And then they put out a camera that overheats and then that's their problem. And then Canon's laughing. That's right. You know? That's right, man. So here here's my prediction to end this to end this news topic or or whatever. My prediction is that that 5000 is spot on. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get 4K 120. Mm-hmm. in 1080 240 mm-hmm. um 50 megapixels sounds about right um but um i think if they can tackle a really like you mentioned earlier like a really high frame rate under 4k that could really help them be competitive right now because mm-hmm. really that's the only piece that um that brands are kind of playing in right now is, is kind of resolution. Yeah. And so, um, I think a lot of photographers like we're, it was flashy. It was like the Blu-ray player for a while. Mm -hmm. Like everyone Mm -hmm. was kind of putting their hands on it, but you really have to, to add a bit more substance to that. And I think a really high frame rate at that quality could, could be something right now that, uh, sets them apart from, from the competition in that price range. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Everybody expects the camera to take great photos at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, with 30 megapixels, is it really that different than a 50 megapixel photo? I don't know. No. Uh, but yeah, yeah go, going into those things of uh, of really offering great quality uh, video, I think is going to be the distinguishing thing. <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing that's changing right now uh, from my perspective whoever's going to win is the person who offers that camera that shoots great photos and fantastic video. That's, 
to me that's the the trend right now agreed agreed and uh yeah i'm excited to see uh what sony puts out in the next little bit um and uh mostly excited because i'm excited to see how canon reacts to that and then the next camera that canon puts out uh might be something that i am interested in buying um or maybe the sony maybe some sony comes out that really just uh like uh like maggie uh like indestructible maggie really captures our hearts but we're gonna find out um i actually have another news story so oh yeah. okay let's do um, it um so we are uh, as i said as uh as you guys know here on the photography brothers we we take the news seriously and mm-hmm. uh and we always want to be offering you guys scoops here on photography brothers and uh and this is actually a scoop for you guys here so uh i don't know if any of you guys are on the internet um, but there's been this crazy thing right now on the internet with this Bernie Sanders photo that everybody's been taking, going in Photoshop, putting them on different things, you know? You've got uh, all types of different Bernie Sanders memes here. Everybody, I work with a lot of real estate agents. They're making Bernie Sanders memes now. <laughs> My mom's sending me Bernie Sanders memes. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, this is really, um, we, we were talking in advance of, uh, of the inauguration again, me and Michael, we're, uh, we're some smart guys. We're really, you know, always, uh, always abreast of the goings on in the world. Certainly, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It, from photography and beyond, we wanted to find a way to, uh, to talk about some of these, uh, occurrences and, and here's our chance right here, because this is photography uh, photography related news with the Bernie photo. Uh, so a little bit of background information on this photo. It was shot by, um, photographer Brendan Smolowski. Really hope Mm -hmm. I'm saying his name, right? Uh, interesting thing here. He is a former sports photographer, which makes a lot of sense. Um, if you can capture the fast action of sports, then you can capture the fast action of politics <laughs> so uh some of his background there um and he he was there uh, on inauguration day captured the picture of bernie sanders uh and just a few weeks ago he was at the capitol uh when all of the uh what do we want to call them trumpers stormed uh, the capitol <laughs> Storm the yeah. Capitol. Uh, no Photography Brothers fans there, by the way. I uh, didn't no. see any Photo Bros merch there, luckily. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you guys you guys are smarter than that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Brandon was there uh, taking the photos uh, and really documenting documenting history, as you we were talking about today, documenting history. Um, yeah. And he was saying that uh, just in some news stories that I was reading, uh, some interviews with Brandon, uh, with Brendan, sorry. He was saying that uh, he didn't expect the photo to go viral. Uh, that was never his intention. His intention was just to capture a good photo, and he thought that it kind of uh, really Bernie's uh, expression and general demeanor uh, was kind of reflective of a little bit uh, how everyone's feeling right now, I guess, in that situation, uh, being on the sidelines of history there uh, and capturing that moment. Uh, in time and uh, he said that it was actually his boss who called him and told him that the the photo was being posted all over uh, Twitter and stuff like that. I guess he is a pretty busy guy. He doesn't always have time for social media Um, but today Michael Brendan did have time for social media. 
So uh, I hopped on to Instagram as I was no. preparing the um, yeah, as I was preparing the episode today, and I got in touch with Brendan, and I asked him uh, for some specifics. I was able to find just in my uh, general news reading uh, what camera he was using to capture this, and all that I could find was that he used a uh, Nikon DSLR with a zoom lens. I mean, anyone could have probably assumed that um, sports photographer moving into uh, political photography. So I wanted a little bit more detail here uh, on Photography Brothers, and I actually got a scoop. So slid into the DMs, and uh, and Brendan was nice enough to shed some light on uh, just how he captured this uh, famous viral um picture of Bernie Sanders here. So he was shooting on a Nikon D6, very expensive camera. They're like $8,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he was using a zoom lens, a 180 to 400 F4 with a 1.4 converter, um, which means that the actual photo itself uh, was taken at uh, 540 millimeters uh, f 5.6 with a shutter one over 320. Isn't that wow. wild? Isn't that wild, man? That we know that like just the well, it's crazy. What do you it's expect, crazy. man? Photo Bros, no frog goes unturned. No, All right. <laughs> we we are as Jared mentioned at mm -hmm. the forefront. Mm -hmm. At the forefront. Um, Dude, that is an awesome scoop, man. Pretty, you waited till now. Crazy. You you wanted you to tell me in front of everyone too, Lila. Dude, man, I I awesome. didn't I didn't message him until I I researched the uh, the Maggie stuff, and then I yeah. researched the Bernie stuff, and I'm I swear to God, bro, twenty minutes before we switched on these cameras, I was like, I should probably text this dude. Wow. And, uh, yeah, That's he got awesome, back to man. us, man. Super nice of him, and and shout out to Brendan for uh, for that. Like honestly, that was really cool of him. So. Yeah, just a little message for for Brandon. Uh, shoot Sony, it's, it's, man. It's Brendan. It's Brendan. Oh, Brendan. My my apologies. <laughs> That's what I said. There was a dis, uh, there was an interruption in it's, the in the zoom, in the mic. It's a, it's a zoom thing. Zoom can't get it right, man. Yeah, zoom can't yeah. get it right. But shoot yeah. Sony and um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, you know that you know what if you take a photo and it, regardless of the subject matter, but yeah if you take a photo and it and it makes it viral that's uh that's quite the accomplishment and i'm, I'm happy for him uh it's I, it's a success right that's awesome. i think so man i think he feels a little bit weird about it uh from what i can tell just in like the interviews and chatting with him on instagram i feel like uh he kind of he he doesn't want to be famous this way i mean every photographer i guess uh, wants to be famous for like oh they took a brilliant photo not they took this meme photo uh but yeah. uh, these days i think that's what you get like <laughs> like the best you can yeah, hope man. for really yeah is being a meme well, so the the best thing the best way to look at it i think is it's very you're a musician too and you you know music yeah. you love music like it happens all the time a musician's favorite track on the album the one that they think is really going to hit is not the one that that gets the radio play that gets that gets that gets really uh that gets played so um, true, man. a lot so so true you know sometimes you just gotta take take as many photos as you can um and bring your camera have it available uh go to that event go to that that gig whatever it is and and um and kind of just hope for the best and not kind of have too many expectations, but to just allow success to come as, as you push forward. Right. So like good for, for him, real. man. 
yeah. for real, buddy. I think that's been the uh, the theme of the episode. Really, is like yeah. you know we talk we talk a lot about luck and people getting lucky. You know, uh, you're in the right place, the right time to capture these great photos. But luck is all about being prepared, right? I think it's like probably you know maybe it's it's really it appears to be luck, but it's really being prepared. And there's those yeah because you're prepared, you're there with your camera, you got the right lens on it. You know, you've got your D6. You've been shooting sports. You're ready. You know, you can see the moment and you capture it. It's all about, yeah, you, there is going to be that luck that comes up, but you got to you gotta put yourself out there. You got to be in the right location and you have to have the practice uh, behind you to, to get that great photo. So putting yourself in the position to be lucky. Exactly, buddy. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're doing here on this podcast, putting our listeners at the forefront, giving them everything that they need to know to uh to get lucky in uh, in photography and uh their creative ambitions beyond isn't that right michael costa that's right that is and correct I, and i appreciate you uh being here man you're an excellent co-host i really could never uh in my life have ever dreamed of uh of being on a podcast with such a great co-host such as yourself and jeez thank you thank you man. Thank you to the viewers. Thank you uh, to our listeners. Um, whether you enjoy our savory, smooth voices on Spotify, hopefully on iTunes soon, wherever, whenever I get not lazy enough to put it up on iTunes, um, or whether you see our pasty white, don't go outside faces uh, here on uh, on YouTube. So thank you guys for uh, for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Michael, for uh, for all your contributions to the podcast. Uh, a new one. Uh, thank you to research assistant Matthew for uh, research help on this podcast. Thank you to our editor Sydney for editing uh, this episode and the last episode and the next episode. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's it. Anybody else we need to thank? Uh, I'd like to not thank my camera for dying, uh, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. We'll, we'll focus in on uh, on Jared's face as I, as I do this last bit. But uh, yeah, man, just thank you to Jared. You know, man, like it's, you know, it's, we haven't, we've had, uh, was it five or five episodes now? Uh, so it's I'm loving the flow of it I'm excited to be doing this on a weekly basis and um, yeah man I'm excited and, and it's uh, it's because of you man so thanks you thank you for for bringing me on and and for uh, putting out some some really good content awesome awesome looking forward to next week and uh, we'll see you all then for another episode of the photography brothers peace <laughs>